Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede podcast. I'm Billy Embody, officially game week here on Pony Stampede, and for the SMU Mustangs as they take on Arkansas State at 6 o'clock Central Time on ESPN Plus in Jonesboro, Arkansas. It's finally that time of the year. I'm really excited now that we've hit game week, the first media availability and only media availability of the week with SMU head coach Sonny Dykes is in the books. No players were made available, so we're going to talk a lot about what Sonny Dykes said as uh, we look ahead to the team's first matchup of the year with Arkansas State. Really one of the teams that, when you look around nationally, has has one of the most consistent um, records in, in making bowl games, being successful, but uh, certainly dealing with a... a tragic and heartbreaking and emotional uh, time right now as uh, Blake Anderson's wife Wendy passed away uh, from her battle uh, with with breast cancer and uh, he's currently on a leave of absence we'll see if he returns um, some folks that that I have talked with uh, think the head coach of the Red Wolves does uh, end up coaching this game but look you never know how um, Things like this are going to be handled, and and certainly um, no one would blame him if if he wasn't um, coaching this team uh, through this game um, on on Saturday night. But look, I mean, SMU ha- will have its hands full. I think just from a, a, a atmosphere perspective, from an emotional perspective, because look, I mean, you go into this game and and you're jacked up because it's your first game of the year. But look, I mean. SMU will have to do two things. They'll have to weather the storm that will come early on from Arkansas State because you know they're going to be fired up. They're going to be giving it their all to play for Wendy and, and, and the Anderson family. And eventually the game will settle down and it'll it'll kind of get back to football. But you are still going to have to match that intensity level throughout the game because it's difficult. It's difficult over the course of a 60-minute football game to do it. But when another team is playing for somebody that was so near and dear to their hearts, it's um, it, it's going to be difficult for SMU to even match the emotional uh, level that Arkansas State will be playing with. But they're going to have to do what they can in other ways to obviously take care of business and go on the road and get a win when let's be honest right now, SMU is the more talented team. Um, and, and you can look at the team talent composite that just was updated on Monday from 24-7 Sports. SMU now a top four team in the AAC in terms of pure talent, the most four stars uh, on the team or on the team in the entire league um, is, is SMU. So theoretically, the talent's there. Can they all put it together? Both teams breaking in new quarterbacks. Logan Bonner going to get the start. Uh, for Arkansas State, while Shane Bouchel is the likely starter for SMU. Look, I, I think when it comes down to it, um, I, I like SMU in this one. I've said it for a while. If they can just be there emotionally um, to some extent and weather that storm, they should be able to settle down, play football, and take care of business. I think this team looks back on what happened at North Texas in the first year of the Sunny Dykes era. And, 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 and I, I'm not necessarily sure that loss – knowing what we know about that team now could have been preventable. 
but the performance and the level that they came out with could have certainly been preventable. So um, that's the difference, I think, in this team this year is, is the leadership, the uh, work ethic, the veteran players. Um, and look, I mean, honestly, some of even the freshmen that have been pushing these guys in, in fall camp, they're here to win, and, and that was uh, what they were recruited to do. So SMU's added a lot of talent in the offseason. It's all going to kind of come together on Saturday, and um, if they don't win that one, it's a huge blow to kind of the start of the season after the offseason they had and certainly the expectations that are around this program. Um, but I like SMU. I like them to win by at least a touchdown. Uh, I just think you'll see a lot of the – entire offseason where you look where SMU was against Memphis. They were one, let's, again, they, I've said it for a while, they were one quarterback away from, uh, from, from playing for a conference championship to, to not going bowling at all and losing a heartbreaker on the road uh, at Tulsa uh, where they don't show up really offensively at all. I think the entire offseason that's been in the back of these players' mind I, th- I think the way they started and finished the season has been in the, the, the back of their minds. And uh, it, it's time to kind of roll it all out there and, and, and show that that wasn't just a fluke and that's not how this program is going to operate going forward. So, look, uh, I make a big deal out of the emotional side of it because it is. Uh, pr- I mean, j- in game ones of, of a season, I think that's the biggest thing. You've got to get over uh, – you've got to bring this level of, of emotion that you haven't really – been able to bring in fall camp because you're pounding, you know, your, your, your teammates, you're, you're, you're hit, you're hitting them, you're, you're, you're fighting for positions, you're doing all these things. And now you have to say, okay, let's turn our attention to another team, to another opponent. And we don't know what emotional level they're going to come at. So we just have to come with our best. Will our best be enough? That's what SMU has to, has to uh, manufacture is an emotional level. That's going to give them the, the, certainly the energy, and the execution that they need to go on the road in Jonesboro and win what will be a, a super emotional game. So um, we'll get into a little bit of some overview of, of Arkansas State here shortly, but I will mainly touch on uh, the, the media availability um, from Sonny Dykes on on uh, Monday, which uh, is new this year. We're, we're doing it all right before the radio show, so we get Sonny for, I mean, we got him for about seven minutes yesterday uh, before the radio show. No student-athletes were available um, they're supposed to allegedly be available going forward. So hopefully we'll be able to write something about uh, the actual players one of these days uh, now that fall camp uh, uh, has been over. But um, look, Sonny Dykes uh, had really nothing really, I would say, surprising to say, but we'll kind of go over that here uh, as we get going on the podcast. First of all, I, I want to lead off with, with with kind of what has become kind of a running joke at this point. But if, if you think that SMU is trotting out anybody except Shane Bouchelle uh, as the starting quarterback on Saturday night, um, Sonny Dykes kind of, he didn't put that to bed, but <laughs> I've probably never heard of somebody who, with the amount of reps Shane took in fall camp, hasn't thrown an interception or committed a turnover in fall camp and probably not won the starting job. So if you had any questions about what SMU was going to do, Sonny Dykes did give up. Uh, Saturday night that or uh, did give up on Monday night that Shane Bouchelle uh, hasn't committed a turnover in fall camp so really really impressive I mean I I, look I I've tried to kind of hold back like I would say a little bit of the expectations factor for for Shane entering his first year at SMU but what he's done in fall camp has been tremendous Um, 
And so anyway, I, I just want to get that one out of the way. If you thought anybody else outside of Shane Bouchelle was taking over uh, the offense heading into Arkansas State, I mean, it, it, it didn't take much for, you know, once Sonny Dyke said that, I mean, he might as well have just name the starter. And I've said that for a while. They, they should have just named the starter. I mean, it's just kind of silly. But um, look, uh, Sonny Dykes also went out of his way to praise Shane Bouchelle or to uh, uh, praise Will Brown and Terrence Gibson. Um, but Shane has done a terrific job and, and certainly – uh, I'd expect him to start on Saturday night. Uh, kind of working our way down some of the things that I took away from uh, the uh, the just the media availability of the radio show um, is, uh, look, SMU's pretty healthy. Um, I've heard rumblings of injuries here and there. But for the most part, uh, Sonny Dyke said they're, they're healthy. The one player uh, that they're concerned about is, is Tyson Neal, who missed most of last year, ended up redshirting. Um, so a defensive end that, that started some for SMU and, and kind of had the, the expectations of start. And when he was healthy, healthy in 2017 was actually, uh, I think he was second on the team in sacks with four and a half and, and one of the top tackle for lost guys um, for SMU that year. So when he's healthy, he would be um, a, a, a difference maker uh, for SMU on the, on the defensive line. Um, couple of things. Uh, one player that I've, been really, really high on, and and certainly the coaching staff is too. From what they've seen in fall camp, is Ulysses Bentley, uh, former quarterback for CE King High down in the Houston area, played in the triple option, comes to SMU, puts on some weight, keeps his speed, has been unbelievable in fall camp. And uh, Sonny Dykes had had plenty of praise uh, for what he's been able to do in fall camp, and uh, kind of uh, what he adds to the running back room along some of the, alongside some of the veterans like Xavier Jones. Cayman Freeman, Tamaric Williams, and then his uh, freshman counterpart, TJ McDaniel. This has been a little bit of a surprise. I mean, when you recruit freshmen, you never know how quickly they're going to make that adjustment, you know, from high school football to college football, and how quickly can they pick things up. And I think we've all been impressed with uh, the way he's come in and just his approach. You know, he's a mature kid and determined and uh, picked everything up quickly. And, you know, he's got great speed, kind of a big play running back and somebody that, you know, you can see it in high school, but you never knew, you know, how quickly could he pick up the offense, how how fast could he learn to hold on to the ball consistently. And all those are questions that still have to be answered. But so far, he's passed all those tests, and, and we feel like that he brings something different to the running back room and gives us a little bit of pop at that position. And uh, so that, there was a lot of praise for Ulysses Bentley yesterday. Um, what, one thing I picked up from the radio show is, is Sonny Dykes did, did open up on kind of some of the tweaks to the offensive line, mentioning Jalen Thomas moving over to the left and and kind of the battle raging on on that right side, which we touched on in our projected depth charts uh, on Pony Stampede. But um, yeah, I think overall it was a pretty kind of low-key radio show. That he talked about Shane Bouchelle being a captain and, and um, you know, one thing I think with that, and, and I'll kind of, I guess, so to speak, lay off of the rest of the Shane talk, but um, I thought it was interesting the way uh, Sonny Dykes brought up how Davis Webb, who's a transfer form at Cal, came in and won over his teammates and ended up being a captain before starting a game. And, and so here's kind of what Sonny Dykes said about uh, how Shane Bouchelle um, earned that captaincy and, and earned the respect of the teammates so much that he ended up being the lone non-senior and certainly non-returning player uh, to be named a captain um, by his teammates. I had kind of had that experience one time before when I was at Cal. Uh, Davis Webb transferred and, and came in and earned the respect of the teammates a lot like Shane did and was voted captain there. So, you know, it's it's not that typical. You know, it's really kind of atypical in some ways, but um, 
you know, but I think I think it's certainly deserved. I mean, I think that the the bottom line is he came in and, and just, you know, put his nose down, went to work, and I think earned everybody's respect, uh, you know, pretty quickly. And it was never about him, and it was never about, you know, anything other than trying to make the team better and, and doing anything he could to, to be helpful. Um, you know, never ask about reps or any of that kind of stuff. We, we told him he had to come in and have a chance to compete. That's exactly what he did. And, and so, you know, I think our guys respected that. And, and so, you know, he was voted captain really in an overwhelmingly uh, majority. We've heard you talk about him, but what have you heard from the players talking about getting to know him and why they might have voted for him? Well, I think the biggest thing is, I mean, I think they like him. I think that, that you know, there's no ego issues. There's no, um, you know, he just, like I said, just wants to be part of the team. He, he hadn't tried to come in and change anything. He's just jumped right in and, and I think the culture fits his personality. And so I think he's felt real comfortable. And, and I think it's, you know, it's been one of those things that's just happened, you know, naturally. There hasn't, he hasn't tried to force anything. And, and uh, I think our players didn't really have any expectations of him other than, you know, he was somebody that had played some football and they thought might be able to help our team. And, and, uh, and so they were certainly welcoming. And, you know, the great thing about, about the competition that we had, the quarterback competition, is, is, you know, everybody was rooting for everybody else. And there was no, you know, jealousy, no, no issues in the quarterback room. And, you know, that happens so often where, you know, guys compete on the field, but they're also competing in the locker room and compete behind everybody else's back. That never happened at all in this case, and so I was really proud of the way everybody handled the, the situation and the competition, and I think it made all the quarterbacks better. So that was Sonny Dykes on on Jane Bichelle and kind of the work he's put in to earn earn that respect. Um, I think for me, as as we enter this first game, the the question marks for me um, because I I don't have too many on defense to be honest. If everyone's healthy, like like Sonny Dykes is saying, I'm I'm really not. I'm not too concerned about the defense, um, and and I if you get if they get the waivers for Chevin Callaway and Cameron Jones, it's a total game it's a total game changer for that defense on the back end. And then I really don't have too many concerns. Like I I mean I truly believe that if that's the case, if those two guys were to be eligible, I just I see a pretty salty group. Um, with the defensive line, what what the expectations are for that group, um, with what Ac- Zach Abercrombie um, adds to that interior, that defensive line, um, and then the returning talent around it, Richard Moore back in the middle, Pat, Pat Nelson playing some some type of rovers, you know, outside linebacker type spot. You've got Trevor Denbo and Rodney Clements who they love on the back end, and then they've been really impressed with with Brandon Stevens since he's come in and and. Don't be surprised if he ends up starting. I mean, he's he's been a, a terrific story in fall camp, the the late ad and position switch and all that. But he's just been a great athlete playing uh, multiple spots. So, um, or or moving over to another spot, I should say. Um, Sam Westfall, Robert Hayes, if they're healthy, that's a pretty good uh, corner punch uh, there uh, alongside Stevens. Armani Johnson has emerged. So, like I said, I I don't have too many concerns on the defense if they can stay healthy. And I think SMU, from what I've heard, has done a pretty good job of of monitoring these guys in fall camp, keeping guys pretty pretty healthy, pretty ready to go. And um, so I, I like where SMU is defensively. I think my concerns going into the game are timing on the offense, to an extent, I, I think Shane and and the the rest of the crew have worked a lot on um, you know being as prepared as they could possibly be for this, but you just don't know until you get into a live situation. 
I think the right side of the offensive line kind of worries me a touch. Um, and then, you know, if, if the running back group, you know, Xavier Jones, Kamen Freeman, they need to be healthy. They need to be ready to go, uh, which I, I think they are. But again, after last year, we just don't know. Um, and then the kicking game. I mean, kicking and punting, I, I just I just think it's going to be an adventure this year. Um, I, I haven't heard incredible things out of, out of that group. Um, I do think the coverage units are going to be improved, but I just don't. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned. I, I'm concerned on the kicking and punting duties. Just haven't heard a ton of um, things that make you feel warm and fuzzy, but we'll see. I mean, hopefully they can, that uh, you know, for SMU's sake, outperform and, and, and kind of be more gamers, I guess, than, than practice guys. So um, with that, guys, SMU hasn't released a depth chart, so we don't have one. Uh, we'll have one, I would imagine, for the you know the game um, when when everyone you know, gets to the press box and things like that. But I mean, <laughs> it's not surprising they didn't release a depth chart. But anyway, um, that's kind of those are kind of some I guess my final thoughts. We'll do a Q and A um, kind of on the season, uh, you know, heading into um, the season for later on in the week. We'll have a we'll have, we'll drop a Thursday afternoon, Friday type podcast um, for you guys to preview that game fully. Um, but look, I, I think um, one thing before we, we head to the break, I just think SMU's got to go in. They do have to run the football. I think on the road, that's an important thing to do, to run the football, take care of business on the ground. Um, and that would set the tone really well for, for SMU heading into uh, you know a North Texas game that they're going to obviously have to you know face high expectations and bounce back from a loss a year ago. Um, and just to get some confidence for the offensive line, then going to run the football at, Ar- at Arkansas State, which has a defense that, you know, is, is, is had some turnovers in the offseason, but was still fifth in the conference in, in scoring and, and uh, you know, fourth in total defense in the Sun Belt. I mean, it, 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 it would say a lot, I think, about this team. So uh, we're going to take a quick break from the Pony Stampede podcast. When we come back, we're going to preview a little bit of um, uh, Arkansas State and kind of what to expect there from the uh, Red Wolves. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Pony Stampede podcast. Thanks for listening. This is a quick reminder to pick up a seven-day trial of Pony Stampede. Uh, We're going to have plenty of coverage leading up to SMU season opener and obviously into the season. We're actually at an all-time high of subscribers uh, for Pony Stampede. So I I can't thank everybody enough. We've seen incredible growth over the year. I got our numbers back um, as we enter the the 2019 season from um, our national 
uh, you know, desk or our nas- national just uh, crew over there in Nashville uh, that that look at all that. And I mean, we've we've seen a huge growth in subscribers, uh, especially in the last month. I, I think honestly, we we might have so entering entering August. We were up about ten percent in subscribers, which is already awesome. And I think we we actually in in the month of August grew another ten percent, which is kind of crazy. So in one year we grew ten percent, um, and part of that I think is you know a little slow growth on basketball, um, and then football missing out on a bowl didn't really exactly like pop, you know, in terms of uh, uh, getting people excited to jump on board. I think that's kind of part of the subscriber uh, model is people got to be a little bit excited. But as August hits, people are amped. People are excited about what they're hearing about SMU. So they're jumping on board. Um, and really, I think it starts with a lot of you guys listening to the pod. So spread the word on Pony Stampede. Tell people to pick up a seven-day trial. And of course, uh, leave us a rating and a review and hit that su- subscribe button on the podcast. Now, on to Arkansas State. This is a team that obviously, like I mentioned at the top of the pod, uh, is dealing with a ton of just emotional um just, I, I couldn't even imagine. I couldn't even imagine what they're dealing with emotionally. Um, but in terms of the football team, which is what I'm going to try to stick to here, uh, they're breaking in a new quarterback in Logan Bonner, who actually faced SMU uh, two years ago when the when the team came over to Dallas. And and uh, SMU actually was was kind of on the ropes for that one, if you, if you guys remember. Um, the, you know, SMU wasn't playing really well. Uh, Red Wolves were certainly in it. Quarterback gets hurt. In comes Logan Bonner. He ends up uh, just completing seven of, of 17 passes, 50 yards, and was intercepted. And SMU went on to win 44-21. Um, now, for him, he's kind of like Shane Bouchelle. He's going to have a lot to work with offensively. He's got receivers Kirk Merritt, uh, D- uh, Dahu Green, and Omar Bayless. Uh, Merritt caught uh, 83 passes for 1,005 yards and seven TDs, um, while Bayless also had 39 touchdowns la- or 39 passes caught last year. Green is, uh, you know, entering his first year playing for the Red Wolves, really. Uh, former OU wide out there. Uh, I've never heard of this, but uh, Blake Anderson did kind of, you know, change some things up. Um, and I think part of it might have been certainly the offseason, I think, with, with his wife, Wendy, maybe. But, I mean, he did he did fire three assistants uh, and gave up play-calling duties. Uh, but the Red Wolves last year um, led the Sun Belt in, in yards per game with 466 but we're just fifth in scoring. So the red zone wasn't that great. Uh, they actually were eighth in the conference um, in the red zone in red zone scoring um, and really were coming away with field goals a good bit because they ended up with just 60% of the time ending up with touchdowns um, on red zone opportunities. That's also something I think SMU has to do a better job of is scoring in the red zone. They're, they're going to have to capitalize, and certainly when you go on the road, you're going to have to do that as well. Defensively, they they are will have to replace Sunbelt Defensive Player of the Year, Raheem Bingham. Um, but look, William Bradley King had six sacks last year. Kevin Thurman and Forrest Merrill combined for seven and a half sacks and 19 and a half tackles for loss. So this is a defense that will cause SMU problems if the offensive line can't, you know, get it together early on and and gel and 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 just kind of take care of business because they're a disruptive unit. Uh, they like to force turnovers. Um, you know, uh, Darion Jackson, who had 90 tackles last year, is back. Um, Jerry Jacobs, who picked off four passes, is back. Uh, this is, you know, a, a team that is veteran for the most part, um, as far as it goes on on defensive players. And 
look, I mean, there's a lot of respect for this Arkansas State team. I mean, they are ranked number 83 in the CBS 130 and number 89 in the ESPN FPI. That doesn't say a ton about them, but this is a team that has gone to, uh, I believe, seven straight bowl games. Um, eight straight bowl games. Sorry, I shorted them one. They played Alabama. They played Georgia later this year. They're not afraid at all about SMU coming into Jonesboro, especially on a night where it's going to be as emotional as it is. So, look, I, I think SMU is going to have have their hands full. Don't be surprised if this is one where, you know, the line right now is SMU's two-and-a-half-point dogs. Don't be surprised if this is one where we're sitting here at halftime saying, okay, all right, they got to make some adjustments. They got to come out and take care of business. I don't think SMU is going to head into the half like trailing. That I just I just see SMU being able to take care of business in this game. So don't get me wrong, but it's going to be a battle. Um, it's expected to be one. This is a well-coached team, a team with a ton of a ton of pride, going to be playing with a ton of emotion, and SMU is going to have to um, figure things out. Uh, we're going to have a Q and A later on in the week with our our twenty four seven sports site, A State Nation. Um, kind of how they see this one playing out. Uh, certainly get some more intel on Logan Bonner and how he's progressed since his trip to Dallas uh, two seasons ago, um, and kind of how maybe this team has has been handling. Uh, what's been going on with with you know certainly you know, losing losing a loved one losing losing a family member and um, how they're going to try and bounce back from this one but um, Sonny Dykes and Kate Dykes were up at the funeral um, for for Wendy um, over the weekend or, or late last week or, or I think whenever they had it um, and and they were close friends with with um, you know Wendy and and are with Blake and so this is uh, this one probably hit hit pretty home, you know pretty home, sorry hit pretty close to home uh, with with the Dykes family and, and I'm I'm sure they've they've kind of shared that um, with with their players as they get ready to prepare for this one. But we'll get more into Arkansas State later in the week. We'll also answer your your questions on the Pony Stampede podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the podcast. Like I said, uh, feel free to hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating or review, and check us out at PonyStampede.com. Hope everyone has a great rest of the week as we continue to count it down to game week on PonyStampede.com as SMU takes on Arkansas State at 6 o'clock on Saturday night on ESPN+. Have a great week, guys.